to another episode of the Q2Q podcast with your host, me. My name is Colin Miller. As you know, we are on the precipice of our new film festival that's coming out in a few weeks, so please go to queertoqueerfest.com, check out all the films that we've got to offer you this year, and let us know what you would like to see us do in the future. But I am here right now with some very special guests who represent Teen Pride in DFW. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Uh, my name is Amanda Robinson, and I am the founder of Real Life Connection, host of Dallas Teen Pride. And my name is Percy Jack. I started as a volunteer with Real Life Connection, and I'm working with them in many facets. The jack of all trades. Yes. Yes. So tell us a little more about the the precursor to Teen Pride. So how did that get started? How did who formed it, and what's it for, for our listeners who do not know? Well, Teen Pride is a Pride Festival. Well, of course, you know, everybody knows Pride is a protest. Yes. Um, but we started Teen Pride because young people didn't have an outlet and a place to celebrate Pride. Um, most Pride celebrations are adult-friendly, adult-based, and so there's no space uh, that caters specifically to young people. And so for us, we thought it would be a good idea and opportunity for them to be exposed to community resources um, that are available to them at this event, um, other young people that are just like them at the event, because sometimes it's only a, a trickle or a handful that's out and open at school, um, and they kind of uh, mingle in small groups. So um, Pride is a great opportunity for them to you know, get exposed to a lot of different things, the culture. Um, the ambiance, the experience of it all. So um, it formed because I was this kid um, from a small town, and there was no such thing as a pride celebration uh, in the small town that I'm from. And so uh, once I moved out and got a dose of my first pride, I definitely thought it was something that young people should be able to experience as well. And I think people are they need to know how important pride is for queer people of all ages. And I was just hoping you could speak to that a little bit. What makes pride celebrations so important? Um, I definitely couldn't speak to that without uh, speaking to the history of pride. Yeah. And so what makes the celebration so important, starting with, is definitely the history of it, uh, Stonewall. Um, you know, when you think about Harvey Milk and you think about all the movements, and even now today it's still prevalent. Um, as we look at our political, you know, structure right now, mm-hmm. and um, the climate that's going on with our country in politics, so it's super important that we are able to voice our opinions. It's super important that we're able to get out and vote, and 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 it's more important now that Pride shows you that that vote matters and that vote counts. And so um, again, Pride is a way to organize for the grassroots mm-hmm. and um, for the, the smaller organizations and, and for the people who really are doing the actual work. Yes. Um, not the, not the, the pin pushers, right. you know, and it's a difference. And so those, those guys get an opportunity to really be celebrated, and that's what, that's what you get the opportunity to do at Pride. And I think people can be mystified by Pride just because of what they get whenever they go to the event because sometimes you don't know if like for example if you're not versed in the history if you don't know where it comes from who it's for why it is so crucial for queer people to have how it actually does affect 
policy and the change that needs to happen. You can get to the superficial of it and then stop there. Like, oh, here's a parade. Here's where people are wearing this, that, or the other. Here's this brand promoting this person. Uh, this bar is having this special. And certainly those things are prevalent, but it's not the only thing. And so we'd just like to encourage our listeners to go a little deeper and figure out how pride can mean something special for you and your life. You don't have to do pride the way you think queer people are supposed to do pride. You can find your own speed. And so, like, one thing that I am really excited about working with Team Pride on is that there's a this feeling of celebrating the individuality of these kids that are really in need of visibility. Yes. And so um, have you any like particular experiences that you could tell our listeners about where you just felt good that this particular kid, and we can, you don't have to use specific names if you don't want to, but um, some effect that was positive where you were like, ah, this person was ever, they were able to be themselves just a little bit more. Oh man, I mean, just the experience alone, um, the day of Team Pride, it, it's literally like watching um, butterflies. Yeah. Um, seriously. Um, because when they come in, sometimes they're so shy and timid when they come through the gates. Uh, they don't have a lot of friends, and so um, their social skills are, aren't always the strongest. They don't necessarily feel comfortable with walking up and introducing themselves. They don't necessarily feel comfortable with, you know, not necessarily knowing how to how to survey the room, right, and, yeah. and to kind of know how to work the space and know who's who, you know, where's my folks at kind of certain yeah. things, right? So, you know, they don't really necessarily know, um, but as the day progresses on and we get them engaged in events throughout the entire day from, you know, dance competitions to raffles to, you know, scavenger hunts with the vendors, um, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's an all-inclusive, and when we say all-inclusive, we really mean all-inclusive space. Yeah. And so, you know, um, I randomly sometimes grab young people and introduce them to each other, you know, and um, what school do you go to? Where are you from? How old are you? You know, and, and believe it or not, a lot of them make friends right there that day at Pride, and I'm sure there's lasting relationships. I've, I've probably now seen this is nine years of Teen Pride, so uh, that would be nine graduating classes of oh yeah <laughs> of seniors that we've you know. Which uh, now I need to see. I now I I need like the the reunions where all mm. the people who have come through Teen Pride like come and say you know this is what I've been doing. This is how my life is now because I think that there's been this message of like it gets better, right? Where people Absolutely. have have reached out and said you know it's going to be okay and there's this degree where I think that because a lot of queer people undergo a lot of trauma especially in the south and there's a there's a lack of um, safety in a lot of different communities especially for queer youth uh, especially trans youth especially trans people of color and I just feel like we don't always get to see the nuance of it gets better like I want to talk to that person who was struggling that had no community that wasn't able to tell their family this is who I am and I'm happy with it like I want to see where they are now um and so I guess looking forward like what are some of the things that you still would like to do with Teen Pride like well, places you want to take it 
I think a lot of that work that you just said is, is still on the table and it still has to be done, you know, in order to get that end result. You know, we're talking about breaking generational curses here yeah. in a matter of a couple of years, right? So, you know, we didn't get here overnight and we're definitely not going to see the change mm -hmm. overnight. Um, but I do believe if we continue to um, stay consistent and if we continue to produce the space that they will continue to come, and as the years progress, we definitely will see those numbers change because these young people rank number one statistically across the board in everything. Yeah. So for me in years to come, I would love to see those statistics decline. I would love to see those numbers start to decrease. I would love to see uh, parents stop putting their kids out when they come out as gay, queer, because mm -hmm. they've started to educate. You know, and the, edu the education around queer, gay, straight, bisexual, you know, is, is a normal conversation and it becomes something that is just, you know, no different than you ask, what are you wearing for prom? Right. You know, um, I think those types of conversations, we have to have to become a normal conversation and dialogue in your parental conversation with your child um, and, and, and teach them that, you know, we all come different. There's nobody just like you. You are unique. There's one you. And that yeah. one you means that there's one other person out there who may come with many layers, many colors, and totally look different. You may think it's the weirdest thing in the world. But to somebody else, it may be the best thing since sliced bread. And that's where we have to be able to understand that, um, you know, that diversity is important. Very. That inclusion is important. I'd yeah. like to jump into um, our topic this year, actually, 14 Pride, is we're all in this together. And that's truly what, what we've been basically ministering to our, our youth. I've been, this is my ninth year as well. I've been there from, from day one. And I, I stay involved because I didn't have a mentor uh, to teach me as a male uh, coming out, um, being bi or, or gay or polyamorous or... Um, I didn't have anyone to, to teach me, so if, if there is just one person that um, I can impart into or be a role model for throughout the event. Uh, we do events throughout the year, too. It's not just Team Pride. Uh, we, we, we do job fairs. We do education. We have courses that we do for, for our youth called uh, How Do You Adult, uh, Helping Them Transition. I'm involved in that. We, we would go into the schools and, and talk to, to our our kids, the teens, and touch upon topics that sometimes the counselors weren't even equipped to touch on, or or even wanted to to even tackle, uh, from from uh, pregnancy to teen suicide, uh, bullying, just a lot of different things that we do uh, throughout the year. And Teen Pride is a, a day that, whether you're an ally, whether you whether whatever you identify with, it's a it's a time for everyone to come together and be accepted. And that's what, uh, why I'm so fueled every year is because I see that the joy and the happiness of these kids that in their day-to-day -day life at, at school, they can't let people know really truly who they are all the time. And if we can help just one person say, it's okay to be who you are or to have the feelings you have and not hurt yourself or hurt others because you don't know how to express yourself then we've done our job. Yeah, and I actually was going to actually ask you both about how you started working together. It sounds like there's a little bit of history in terms of what you both have brought to Teen Pride. 
Well, I, I definitely think we have a, um, a, a trauma bond, <laughs> as they call them, mm -hmm. most definitely. And I, I honestly can say I believe a lot of the volunteers that have come through um, Team Pride, we probably all can relate to and have related, you know, and bonded in that way around trauma to a certain degree. And so um, we all have been this kid before. We've all had a story. All of our stories are similar to a certain degree, or we all have had those moments at some point in our life mm -hmm. that we can identify with these young people and what they're going through. Um, and so I think that's where for us, uh, it, we, if, if it was something like this for me, it would have made a difference. Yeah. You know, uh, they say just a, a LBGTQ kid being in contact with one supportive adult Right. you know, changes their life. It prevents suicide. And mm -hmm. I think that's like three out of every five or something like that. I can't remember the statistics right off, but it's, it's, it's a crazy number to see that just how one positive influence can make those suicidal numbers drop, the attempts of suicide yeah. drop just off of having that one positive um, interaction with an adult. So let's keep it real. Amanda was working at this popular nightclub here in Dallas. And um, mm -hmm. I was uh, doing my thing as, you know, trying to be a little go-go dancer and all that and just in the club. <laughs> and oh, so that's the kind of dancer. <laughs> so he, he wanted to tell <laughs> he the whole story. Uh, that's what, yeah. We're... And uh, she, she was working. Uh, we have a strip here in Dallas that is uh, called The Gaberhood. And uh, it's, it's uh, LBGTQ positive and enforcing. There's nightclubs. There's restaurants. There's... Uh, so condos, places to get tested, testing, get tested. HIV testing, mm -hmm. uh, Obviously uh, restaurants, go-go yes. dances. Yes, yes. So there's a lot going on uh, on this strip that, you know, people come down there. They probably feel the intensity and the, and the passion and the acceptance there, and our young people uh, would go there because that's the only place that they could kind of feel uh, other people or feel or see other people like them. Unfortunately, they were all most of them are under 18. And uh, to be mixed with uh, an environment with adults and then nightclubs, uh, it sometimes created some very awkward situations for our young people. And when Amanda told me what she, uh, her vision was and passion for uh, the, the youth, uh, I immediately jumped on it. I had been a youth counselor back, in, back home in the Midwest where I'm from, and I was like, yeah, I'm all for it, I'm down for it, let's, let's, let's do this and see how we can uh, affect change and, and impact the community. And I love Oaklawn. It's a wonderful place, absolutely. It's crucial for Dallas queers to know that that place exists, but I have to level with y'all. I've had a conflicted relationship with the structuring of, of how we view queer life in Dallas, because I think people tend to think that, oh, that's where we go. That's where we are. Like, you find, and I'm like, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead, we are right next door. <laughs> yes. right, we, we are we are your neighbors, and yes. we're everywhere in DFW. So your lawyers, doctors, judges, <laughs> politicians, athletes, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, and and I think that it's not. And I think another thing that's important for people to know is that while our cultural consciousness is changing, that queer people have been here forever. We've always existed to some degree, and I think that we're only f now allowing us to be like we are here we are here we are here um so uh yeah to all of you elephants out there um that that uh, are trying to take care of a, a small community on a speck 
um, just know that um, your efforts to ally with us are very, very helpful. And that's my next question for y'all is, how can our allies help us in our fight for the equality that we deserve? Oh man, I always say, you know, um, cost nothing to give uh, time. Right. You know, time costs nothing. So donate your time. Find a, get involved. Find a local, you know, organization that is on the ground doing the work. We're not the only ones, you know. Um, let's figure out how we organize. There's, there's power in numbers. There's, there's power in unity. And so that's where we are. We have to unify. We have to organize. We have to, you can't create change in yeah. chaos. And Ben, one of our producers of Q2Q, he identifies as straight. He's married to one of our other producers, Renda Lee Singleton. And they really cared so much about queer people that they took time out of their lives to help me build this festival. And I 100% could not do it without them. So I wouldn't be sitting here without an ally. So make sure, and, and allies can take all forms, right? Like, Absolutely. Um, for example, you and I, while um, we are both on the LGBTQ spectrum, we do not identify the same, but right. we can be allies for each other, which I think is helpful for the queer community to remind themselves because we are so diverse. Our genders change, our race change, our orientations vary wildly. Um, we, in fact, um, Percy and I were, I was just starting to explain to him, you know, some of the dynamics between, uh, you know, my partner and I and how we've we recently come out as king positive and polyamorous together. And you just, and that's the kind of thing that I think happens when you put a few queer people from different walks of life in a room. You go, oh, like this is, we're, we are truly so many shades, like in our, in our experience varies so wildly. And I just love that, um, for example, I, we didn't get to the point where I learned how Percy identified, but I bet you anything based on how we had spoken before, I knew, or I know that he would go to bat for me if ever there was something Absolutely. that, you know, if I felt like my right to polyamory was threatened. Mm -hmm. Even if he told me that's not how he identified, I know he would be a steward of my own, my right to be polyamorous. Um, so is there any way, anything right now, this is the darker side of all that we're talking about, is there anything in particular that kind of scares y'all right now for our queer youth and our ability to make things better for them? <sighs> Yeah, yes. the Supreme Court. <laughs> Do you see? Because I think it? people need to hear about these things. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the the again, where we are politically right now, Roe versus Wade. Um, um, you're talking about when I started Team Pride, marriage equality wasn't passed. Right. So to give that hope, and then to have the potential idea that it could be, you know. Um, I know removed to a certain degree to to look at the fact that their parents are being ostracized for just wanting to be good parents right be supportive parents um you know i i, I it's a it's a very scary time to to live in in this country right now with a, a young person who as a parent you may not even know how to identify with nor does the rest of the world know how to identify with and everybody expects, thinks that they have the right answer or the right solution. Mm -hmm. So that alone is a scary place to think about 
to be a young person lost right now. Mm-hmm. So um, that's where I think we have to continue to build that strength in in self and that self love, and we have to continue to focus on self care, mental health again, which is what why we were so why. Uh, mental health was our focus on this year's theme as well with Team Pride. It's so important. Uh, We put that in place because of the pandemic. Um, It put a spotlight on people's mental health and people really aren't healthy and especially our young people right now. They're exposed to a whole lot. They've seen a lot. They've been through a lot. Just generationally, um, they've been through more than a lot of millennials. And I, I was talking about this earlier. Um, I, I, I think that when you were talking about that trauma bond, uh, I think that that is something that really connects us because, you know, I, I don't know that this is necessarily the space for it, even though I have no shame regarding what happened to me. I am a survivor, and I was talking to Percy about my experience of abuse, and it was just one of those things that, you know, I don't, I don't know him all that well, but nevertheless, I felt the safe space to talk about it. And I, I think that that's reason, that's another reason why teen pride is so important because you never know what you haven't talked about in a little while until that space is opened up Mm -hmm. because you want to feel safe and protected and you go, Hey, I wanted to, and and as you go through it, I think this is important for people who um, have experienced trauma it's, it does help to talk about it in safe spaces, even if it doesn't, you know, I don't think the pressure to like, oh, after this conversation, I'll be over it. I'll be done with it. I'll be healed. Like, I don't know that that's a realistic expectation, but the more you push it down, the more you bottle it up, the more you say, I'm okay. I don't need to think about that kind of thing. I think that's when it reaches back up and controls you. And so I hope that anybody listening um, who is a survivor and identifies as queer or is just a survivor period, no matter how you identify, I hope that you find a space for it and thank y'all both for offering that space. Um, I know it took a little bit of a a deep turn here, but you know what? (laughs) We are all good with getting deep uh, here at Teen Pride. So we're going to... Oh, go ahead. Are you going to take a commercial break? I was gonna go into a commercial break. Let's do it. And we've got lots more to share with you. We got some fun things to talk about, including some drag. Because yes, we all are. We are about individuality here, and nothing is more unique and covers so many bases of artistic expression than drag. And you heard it here. I know that's a huge, grand statement, but Mama, I can make it. All right, we're gonna go to break right now. you had something you wanted to share with the listeners yes um what i found you you mentioned earlier in the earlier segment about allies and what allies can do because a lot of us aren't in are in different spaces um each person can touch upon they have an impact in their sphere of influences and their friends if you're in an area where someone is talking about a topic for about an lbgtq person uh it becomes an ally's responsibility to make sure they try to educate themselves enough to understand 
what to say, how to approach. We do safe space training as well, uh, part of Real Life Connection, which is the organization that brought on Team Pride. Uh, so we teach people about the prona pronouns and, and how to uh, uh, recognize and respect someone if they visually might not might look like something, like a woman, but they might visually refer to themselves as he, or they, they mm -hmm. him. Um, what does that mean? Uh, because you can't always go by the outer appearance for how someone is expressing themselves or, or choose identify. to identify. Um, I, I've s since been involved in Team Pride. I speak with a lot of parents because it's so new to them. And they want to, um, they have teens. I'd, I'm really excited when I see a Team Pride families that bring out their kids from four-year-olds to six-year-olds to their teenagers, dads bringing oh, yeah. their sons. Because I never, I could, my parents would never do that. My mom, my dad would never, ever bring me to an event like Teen Pride. So to have parents that are supportive of that, um, and it makes me mad. You talked about legislatively speaking, um, what's going on in Texas, that there, those parents that are taking the effort to support their kids with tra uh, transitioning drugs and things of that nature, but now they're being, being seen as criminals. Well. We dealt with so many kids that are beat up and kicked out by their parents for identifying with who they are. And they they're not seen as criminals. And they're not seen as criminals for, for beating up their children, but yet you have, and, and not being supportive of, of their, their growth, but yet you have parents who are trying to do the best to raise their children and respect them, and then now they're being put under fire. Uh, not scared, but upset. Uh, about that kind of uh, political uh, environment that we're putting out there for our, our youth and for adults. And, and it's no, it doesn't surprise me about the things that are happening in the news. Any parent that is wanting to understand what it is that their child is going through, to take time to educate themselves. Thank you. And I was thinking as you were talking that I, I wonder why when it comes to pride and teens. I do I do understand the separation of, okay, well, you can't go into this particular bar. That's a, that is a space that is designated for adults. But when it comes to, you know, a lot of this is about gender and sexuality and expression of identity. Why is it so, quote unquote, triggering or troubling or uncomfortable for parents or even not just parents, but adults who think about teen pride, like, I don't understand, like, or somebody who wants to transition as a kid, I don't understand, or somebody trying to, you know, be openly themselves and share their orientation while they're a minor. I'm uncomfortable with that. Where do you think some of that comes from? Because I'd love for those people to understand how they can reshape their discomfort and open the door to understanding. It comes, it can, that was a good question. Um, it can come from a variation of different places, honestly. Um, the first place I say you first have to do, the first thing you need to do first is identify uh, the trauma. Is there trauma? Uh, because a lot of times hurt people hurt people. And so mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, if you notice, some of the very lawmakers we've had, some of the, you know, the same ministers that we've had, prominent people who have, you know, shone us for these behaviors have also been found guilty in a lot of sometimes for some of the same behaviors. And so, um, and, and they would be some of the very ones talking, 
you know, negatively about somebody else who may be living that type of lifestyle. And so um, hurt people hurt people, right? Because they can't stand and live in their truth, then they will suppress someone else from living in their truth, right? That's one example. Um, another example could potentially be, um, I'm, I'm from Mississippi originally, born and raised, uh, family, church family deep deep deeply rooted church family you know southern so um uh depends on how 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 deeply embedded you are into religion so for some people it's a religious it's a religion um you know uh that that prevents them from being accepting of all yeah. although kind of sounds like a oxymoron kind of contradicting right to but it depends on i guess what religion you you, you may be sure. you may be practicing mm -hmm. in, I would assume. So, yeah. you know, um, to each its own, and and that's really, really realistically what we're all saying to each its own. But in return, it, for some reason, it's just you know we always say it's okay to be different until you're actually different. And I had to you know reconcile with my own demons because at some point I I mean I was raised Catholic and I ended up, you know, n not wanting to pursue that once I had, I mean, I got confirmed, but that was for my parents, right, for my community. And then after that, I realized that that was not for me. I think that it was, I had to shape it where it was, okay, I'm not angry with spirituality. I'm not angry with even communities who go to church. The thing that hurt me was the lack of acceptance, but that's, systematic and it's it's community-based it's and so I think there's something there when you can because I think that um, and I'm not pitching anybody to be religious or not be religious I want people to believe what they want to believe mm. I'm just saying that it can cause a deeper shame than Absolutely. and and what was helpful was knowing that the lack of acceptance wasn't any spiritual being it was people absolutely and for a young you person know. keep that in mind you know for a young person the sooner they can get that message and, and as you just said it took you a little while to, it did. To, to, just so many and, years and so again so that's that's a testament to what we're talking about you know if it took you a long time to get it that it had nothing to do with the messaging it had nothing to do with the spirituality it's just people you know, and so, and that's where we have to really, again, you have to be able to step back for a minute sometimes and just kind of look at everything around you and everybody around you yeah. and observe, even as a young person. And, and I encourage young people to do that sooner than later because that's when you'll kind of develop that, that third eye kind of, you know, intuition to be able to say, okay, it's not me. It's the, it's the mentality of these people that are around yes. me, you know. So, um, and it takes time to, to get there. And that's a part of that it gets better, too. You know, we all got our bumps and bruises. Oh, know? that we do. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hope that more people can get to that place because I don't know that the there's an utterly binary landscape right now when it comes to, oh, you, you as a group are pushing for this. Well, we want this. When actually I think the truth of it is that there's much more nuance. There's much more where this community and that community that may seem diametrically opposed, they actually have a lot more in common. They have, and they're not actually, like we as queer people, even though there are, by the way, tons of queer people who are religious and spiritual, like uh, uh, gobs. So 
but I think that in the cultural consciousness, we've developed this false idea of it's queers versus God mm. or mm-hmm. queer people versus religious institutions. And I don't know that that's the way I want to be viewed as a queer person because that's not what I'm saying at all. Mm-mm. It's literally just we don't want to be hurt or ostracized from community. Mm. And you cannot use your religion or spiritual faction as an excuse to do that to me. You have a right to practice, but you cannot stop me from my rights as a person. And I think that's where, because then we're not on the other side stopping their rights, right? right we're not right. saying we're not saying don't practice. Right. Um, and so I guess I'm curious to know um, what y'all think in terms of um, changing the changing the statement that people have internalized, people who are on the other side, where they have received our discrediting without us actually discrediting them. So let me try and rephrase that as a a less bamboozled statement. Let me ask a direct question like a good professional podcaster would. Um, For somebody who has internalized hatred from the queer community or has viewed us as a threat, what are some steps that they can take to change that for themselves? It's a very complicated question. I did not put this one on the sheet, but I am ultimately just curious to see what we can get at to help people accept us more and know that we are not the enemy. We are not, like for example, our right to marry does not diminish a heteronormative person's right to marry. Our right to be queer does not diminish somebody's right to be straight. I'll see if I can tackle that while Amanda it's thinks deep, too. But uh, so I'm I'm in corporate America, mm-hmm. corporate America with a corporate job, and uh, there's a term that was coined. Um, uh, it was a, a term to that was coined that said. Um, it's okay to be agree to disagree if you know what that means. It's like, okay, I may not believe in what you're saying, but I'm going to accept your perspective. I agree to disagree, but I will still respect you. So it's a matter of respecting. And if it's some if you felt even as a gay person, even ostracized by the own gay community, or as a non-gay person, or whatever you identify with, you you feel that you've internalized it, and you don't, because it's unique to you, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be uncomfortable. Um, So if you're that person that's saying to yourself, I I don't feel supported by that community, or I don't even understand it, it's okay that you don't understand. But find someone that you can at least talk to about that who would have your best interest in mind and have them help you understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much, re- so many resources on the internet that you can research a lot of like groups out there that there are people out there that are thinking similar to you that you can connect with. And a group that I connect to very intimately because I'm a huge fan of RuPaul's Drag Race is the drag community. I'm a frequenter of the Tuesday Teas at Sue Ellen's. Love it. Uh, I think they just uh, had a series of competitions. I don't um, know what the status of I haven't been able to go to the clubs in a while, but 
um, there's always something cooking. There's always, you know, a new pageant or, mm -hmm. you know, a new series of lip syncs mm -hmm. for a certain crown. Um, and one of my friends competed recently. So I'm, I've heard, and I'm very excited to hear, that there's going to be some drag incorporated into the fourth and I want to know a little more about that, um, and especially like why drag was brought to the table for this very important event. Drag is always a staple at Team Pride, always has been, um, and and drag is always important. Uh, I believe arts, first of all, are are super important because same. I connect with the arts, and I think majority of. Uh, LGBTQIA plus queer youth um, identify. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know I think majority of us do though. You know yeah. that's just our that's just our thing. You know we're artsy people. A lot of us are. Some of us are sports people. Some of us are. But a big percentage of us are very much artsy people. From uh, theater to dance to um, you know any some type of form of artistry, and so. Um, of course, you know, everybody knows drag kind of came from that form of, is a form of art. And so uh, we are introduced to drag in the community. If you're an adult and you're out, you get to go out on a Saturday night, Friday night, Thursday night, any night just about of the week here in this city yep. and catch a drag show. And, and it's nothing. And sometimes you can catch... RuPaul's Drag Race girls here locally <laughs> yes. on stage, like it's mm -hmm. like it's nothing. Kennedy, Alyssa, right? I mean, because this this is home for them, mm -hmm. and you know, literally, you know, you don't have to fan out and be a fan. But for a lot of these, go back again. This is where I say, go back into the mind of a fourteen or a fifteen year old, you know, queer gay kid watching RuPaul, and you're a fan of Kennedy, or you're a fan of Alyssa. You know, you're a fan of Shangela, and oh. right, absolutely, <laughs> Hallelujah. right, I and you never her. get. We're and, and again, where are your parents gonna take you to see these people? It's very, mm. very yes. few places mm. that you have that exposure to see these people. So the one opportunity that you get the opportunity to a see a drag show in person, mm -hmm. you get the full experience. And realistically, Team Pride, I mean, you've been to the nightclubs. They get in a nightclub experience without the alcohol. Absolutely. It's just turned up. Mm -hmm. Just as turned up. You get to see like, your idol up close absolutely. and personal. You got, you got kids out there crying because they've seen yes. someone on, that they've followed on social media yes. or seen on TV. And we take it for granted as adults because we see them uh, on their shows. And we, they, they drink and write, oh, well, well, they're right next to us in the bar. Um, and so uh, these kids love it. And the community is so, you know, it's such a family-oriented type of community. So we're all, everybody kind of, you kind of all, like, you know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. Well, they're literally, literally they're literally called, like, drag sisters, exactly. drag moms. Yes, like, absolutely. <laughs> it's all connected. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, you know, um, Kennedy has been with us now for ooh, um, almost seven years, eight years as the uh, drag show coordinator. And so uh, when I initially presented it to Kennedy to take it on and to make sure that we had a cast that was repetitively coming back year after year and they had to drop every year from costumes, <laughs> yes. uh, wardrobes to, you know, songs and numbers. They do group numbers. It's, it's amazing. So it's not just, I mean, they actually get an actual theatrical um, you know, performance, and then when I tell you that when they get a drag performance, they get a, they get a, they bring it. They're not getting the, let me just stand there and and give you a, you know, 
I'm gonna stand here. Yeah, you bring the dollars. Yeah, no, they're not standing. They're giving you a ballot. Like they're they're actually performing all of the. This is a really good drag show. I do have to say, we probably have one of the best. Well, anything that comes from Kennedy, I I would be very surprised if it wasn't just pop, 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 mm-hmm. pop, because. You know, she, I don't know that she would be comfortable going on stage and not cranking it up to eleven. Like absolutely. she, she, she needs to be like absolutely killing it, or I feel like she would be uncomfortable in her own skin. Yes. So, and and most of her drag daughters, I think, you know, very much, um, I think, would affirm that in their own drag. So that's really exciting. I I love drag, even though I don't do it myself yet. But <laughs> <laughs> um, because you know, I remember being feeling the policing of my behavior mm-hmm. when I was younger and trying to blend into, you know, a more quote-unquote, uh, like, I don't even like the term straight passing, but in order to fit in with my straight male peers, mm-hmm. uh, my voice, the way I held my wrist, like, all of these things I would suddenly be way more aware of, which anybody who's the outlier in a community can understand to some degree mm-hmm. that feeling of yeah. okay gotta police myself because i have i have two choices i either belong or i don't belong and it sucks to not belong and the fact that you're even questioning that would be a here a key indicator uh-huh. that there's something going on here <laughs> <laughs> exactly so i i love that drag allows and there's all kinds of gender expression in mm. drag too there's they're on even on this most recent season of RuPaul's Drag Race. They had more trans queens than they had mm-hmm. ever had before. I think it was like four or five. I don't know the exact statistic, but it was several queens, which mm-hmm. was great. And so it's not about okay, man to woman. It's not that simple anymore. It no. can be, but it's not always. And I just love that no matter what, you get to choose. It's about gender as choice. It's about expression as choice. And maybe if that like my, one of my favorite drag queens is Jinx Monsoon, mm-hmm. and she just does a lot of yeah. silly things. Mm-hmm. She's like camp. She likes. <laughs> I like old movies. I love noir. So you know she always does like the old glamour pusses. Mm-hmm. You know like I love a Tammy Brown. Mm-hmm. You know oh, give me your Gloria Swansons. Like mm-hmm. I I love it. So it just allows you because like I grew up watching the Disney villains. Okay. Those were my okay. my drag moms. Drag girls. Yeah, <laughs> I was like Ursula Maleficent. Come on, honey, yeah. like teach me how to wear earrings. Mm. Like, so it just, but when I would dress up, say as Cruella, and I would wrap that sheet around my head, mm-hmm. I would be like, oh, this is silly, or I would internalize like it's silly. But drag celebrates. No, be silly, and it yes. doesn't even have to be called silly. So, um, what are y'all? What are y'all's ex? experiences with drag how do y'all um do you have drag in your own life do you go see shows like what do y'all think definitely go see shows <laughs> definitely have drag in my life uh definitely a way a, a chapter a long long time ago books been closed many 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 moons ago for now no <laughs> <laughs> yeah no 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 no, no. Okay, okay so yeah but definitely still love to go see the shows we love the brunch um, they have a really cool bra- drag brunch here. One of our entertainers that's on the uh, Pride cast, Barbie, hosts the drag mm-hmm. brunch uh, down uh-huh. in Deep Ellum. And so okay, so it's a show, and like, what are some of the other things that these drag queens are going to be able to do, both like the kids and the queens themselves? So we're going to have a meet and greet, um, so they will get an opportunity to actually have a photo op. They'll get uh, uh, t-shirts oh, or a merch sign if that. they have. Yes. Ah! Yes. Okay. And special guests, can you announce that? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. yes. Um, 
And then we have, um, we're going to be doing uh, Kiki Ball at the end of the drag show this year, which is another amazing introduction where we're bringing the cast of Legendary. Um, and so the godfather of the House of Ebony, J-Rock, will be there. And so from nice. Paris is burning. If that's not a plug, yes, nothing is. <laughs> that's amazing. Yes. Great get. And that's I love that you bring up ball culture because for a lot of people that's what drag is and that's mm -hmm. where drag comes from especially in America and and when I say it's everywhere it literally has been everywhere oh, forever yeah. like it you know my uh, my fiance he is mixed race but you know he's Micronesian to some degree and he was talking about how oh gosh there's such a rich history of drag culture mm -hmm. there he's talking about in China talking about in Japan like talking about in Africa, like yeah. there's, that oh, you cannot go to a culture and not go back in their history and see some people that were doing drag yeah. in some form and it meant different things. And so it's now culminated to be what you want it to be, which is great. Like you get to, and I think that another, Maddie Morphosis was, um, you know, one of the queens from this mm -hmm. most recent season who identified as a heterosexual man and then would do drag as a female but, or as a female presenter. But I I think that when we go into, oh, this is what drag is for me, for example, he didn't try to then say, this is what drag is for everybody. Right. Which I think as long as we're respectful of that, mm -hmm. that's okay. Right. And so what, um, what advice do you have for people who maybe are interested in drag or even just, you know, gender expression in general, if they're wanting to play with something, or if they're thinking, and they hear this and they go, that could be me. Like that, I'm young, that could be me, and I don't know what to do. For a young person, the first thing I say is, um, definitely do your homework, do your research, educate yourself. Um, educate yourself on the difference in identity and mm -hmm. orientation. There are two totally different things, so that's very important. Very much. Um, and then the next thing would be also, um, I would definitely say, once you find your identity, then that's when you can move in your in your true, uh, authentic self. Mm -hmm. And so you want to be careful if you're in between the two, because what you don't want to do is be presenting something that is opposite of what you actually feel internally, yeah. if that makes sense. So um, I think you definitely need to take the, again, it's about taking that time to learn self, know self, fall in love with self. And it's okay to experiment. It's okay to, you know, have fun. Um, I don't believe in gender conforming to anything. And so um, yeah. I, I definitely think that it's okay to, you know, paint your nails if you want to paint your nails, blur the lines, you know, wherever you can. Um, but again, I just think it's important to also be very, very aware of that, that self-check that you talked about, Yeah. but be doing that self-check in a different way. Don't do the self-check to figure out how you can hide deeper. Do the self-check to figure out how you can come out more. Mm -hmm. And so that's the part for me where I think that's the focal point, um, for all of us. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned about something that, you know, could be, could be pretty common place as painting nails but we do have our own conditioning mm -hmm. and I think whenever we have a reaction to something that's even as small as mm -hmm. that and we even people who would say like I'm a progressive queer who mm -hmm. I am I'm an ally to people who identify as a different gender than me like I you know you can say all that and you still I think should be aware mm -hmm. 
and by the way, this also includes the people who are so far from understanding. This is everybody. <laughs> right. Like, why you may be having a reaction to those nails and why you may have made a decision about that person because of their nails. And it's Absolutely. like, just keep doing the work. And then eventually you won't go, oh, painted nails, that means feminine to me. Exactly. Or pink means girl. Pink is girl. Yeah, exactly. Well, for me, I, I've never wanted to do drag. Uh, I appreciate it because I've been in the arts. I've been an entertainer uh, and singing and dancing and a musician. Uh, I appreciate the transformation that many of these people do to, to master their art, to be performers. And I say anyone who, who is interested in, in being transgendered or, or, or drag of any sort, again, it's about research. Uh, there are schools out there. Learn, if, if that's what you want to do, there are schools out there to teach you about makeup. Go take makeup classes. Take dance classes. Take fashion uh, classes. Because if you watch RuPaul's Drag Race, there's a whole lot of skill sets that they, those that excel in that bring to the table. And so the, there's people who are really good at uh, putting together an outfit on a budget, uh, sewing here and there. So it's not just about you know painting your nails, but if this is is this who you're going to be? My grandfather always told me, whatever you do, be the best at it. Whatever you do, be a steward of your craft. So uh, if this is something that you, is you, your life, learn it, study it, find other people who are good at it, let them be your mentors. YouTube has everything out there, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but there, um, even at Team Pride, we're going to have a young lady who teaches at a, a local college here, uh, makeup and, and, and fashion. So she's going to be having a, a booth there to teach young people about transitioning makeup, what that looks like. Um, and I think that's a great uh, segue into people, uh, into young people who are interested in tr um, kind of transitioning. Uh, take classes. Classes, yeah. I think on um, look, I just want to talk about drag race with y'all for like five hours, so I keep <laughs> going back to it. But you know, Alyssa Hunter, different Alyssa, also amazing. Mm -hmm. She was talking about how she has drag kits, like, mm -hmm. I think she teaches, and so queens at like X level, like, she literally she's on the pinnacle of drag, like, in right. terms of reality television, at right, least. Right. Um, and she still teaches classes. And which is great because th it doesn't show like, oh, you go to a certain level, you know, then there's no reason for you to like be a drag teacher. Like, no, you'll get some really good mm -hmm. top notch queens. Oh, yeah. And they're and they want and I think it's something about like I'm thinking like, why are all three of us in this recording space? Well, we've all been through it, as mm -hmm. we've mentioned before, mm -hmm. to some degree so have those drag queens Absolutely. so that's why they i think pull the fill that call. no matter how high they get they're like i was there yes i Definitely. remember when i couldn't afford any wigs <laughs> and like two wonderful uh, black boy in drag <laughs> absolutely mm -hmm. so we oh yeah i just cannot wait for all the drag stuff is there anything else you wanted to tell our listeners is happening at teen pride this year that you are really stoked about that we haven't touched on um we have a music headliner this year kati Oh, I didn't know this. This is a surprise to me. I didn't read that when I looked at the email. That's exciting. Yeah. Oh, so tell me about so, that. Kati is a music artist, and um, they have been traveling, and uh, very diverse. Uh-huh. Um, very inclusive. Yes. And we're going to leave it at that. Come to Team Pride and check it out. Yeah. You, you, at the end of this podcast, you just have to mark your calendar. Yes. June 4th. 
Yes. Download the fit. music too. Go go check out the music before you come. Absolutely. I just love that there. That this is not just Teen Pride about one thing. This is Teen Pride about so many oh, things. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're we're ticking a lot of boxes. So and if even if none of this sounds like you, you should still come out. You should Bring still come out. Bring yes. And that person who is in your life that you think might really benefit bring them too. <laughs> we want to meet them <laughs> believe it or not it's a cool way to um if you if you haven't ever if you know how some people say i don't know any gay people i don't have any gay friends oh, yeah. or i haven't been if you this is the perfect time bring them here and guess what yep. you got all kinds yep. of opportunities for plenty, two days plenty, you'll you'll, plenty, you'll, plenty. you'll find people opening up a lot <laughs> yeah, more absolutely. after experiencing yes. pride yes. Yeah. um our our website is www.rlc365.org Again? www.rlc365.org <laughs> The RLC, again, stands for Real Life Connection. Uh, make sure you visit our website uh, for future events and programming. And is there a social connection that you also wanted to plug? or Social just... media, yes. We have a Facebook page. Uh, do we have... We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, okay, we're okay. on Snapchat. And what would you recommend when someone goes, I need to reach out to them, I need help, I need this, Definitely that, so go through the website. Go to the website. And okay. definitely, or you can also send us an email at info at rlc365.org. We'll put all that in the description, but yes. Perfect. Thank you. Of course, of course. Uh, thank you all so much for being here. Before we sign off, I know we're over time because I just I want to monopolize uh, <laughs> your <the> evening. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to keep you all here. Um, what uh, is next for Teen Pride? I know we've speculated, but... Um, you know, you mentioned it's not just this particular event. Is there anything else on the calendar coming up? Well, our 10 year is coming up next year. So expect okay. for us to do it really, really big next year for Team Pride. And then, um, of course, in August, we haven't released our date yet, but sometime in August we will be having our back-to-school um, supply drive, school supply drive that we normally do. Um, and that gets released year. on the website. It'll be on the website, see. yeah, yes. Okay. yes Thanksgiving. Yes. You'll be able to find that okay. on the website. Of course, I mean, I mean again, we're, our calendar will be rolled out. Perfect. So you definitely can go in and check us out. Always email us to see what we have coming up. There's always classes available. Food so. drives, uh, clothing drives, uh, job fairs, um, all sorts of things. Plenty so. of resources. Yeah. I'm going to be coming to that job fair. <laughs> <laughs> I need that job fair. Well, um, well, we do invite any employers out there listening uh, that do want to do hire teens to definitely hit us up uh, for any kind of internships um, of any sort or youth workers. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, As a quick reminder to everybody out there, please look for queer underscore two underscore queer. That is our Instagram. And then please go to queertoqueerfest.com. We have a film festival. These people are going to be getting free tickets, and they will be there. And I haven't officially asked them, but I'm going to ask them if they want to be judges. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) Noted. So, uh, and we're going to have some uh, plugs for Teen Pride there as well. So uh, thank you all so much for synergizing with us this afternoon, evening, morning, wherever and whenever you are listening to this. And please keep expressing yourself. Thank you.